Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Sleepy Nuts Podcast. I'm Erin, your host and author of today's sleep story. How's your week been? How's your sleep been? So this week I don't have much, but what I do have will hopefully make you chuckle. So, why don't you find a quiet space? Take a few deep breaths. Quiet your mind and prepare to lose yourself in a silly sleep story. This week's story is called Joel McHale and the Submarine Ride. As I waited in line to board the submarine ride at Disneyland, I noticed that Joel McHale was in line in front of me. I frantically tried to smooth my wild, frizzy hair into place and make sure that my fanny pack was sitting on my hips in a way that said, I'm sexy and sophisticated. I didn't know for sure if we would be in the same group to board the crowded and cramped darkness of the ride, but I'm a strong woman who is willing to take charge of her own destiny. I'm not proud of it, but I did pretend to be deaf, and I asked in my own made-up sign language if the people who were between us would let me cut in front of them so I could be next to him. As I wildly waved my hands around in gibberish sign language, which I know I will probably go to hell for, I tried to convey to them that I needed to sit closer to Joel McHale by frantically pointing at my fanny pack and then at my butt. I was trying to let them know that like, look at my cool fashion, I need him to see it, I need to sit next to him. But I could tell by the looks on the faces of the people that I was trying to convince that they thought I was just saying that I probably had pooped myself or something. I mean, frantically pointing at your own butt isn't isn't always great. But either way, I got what I wanted and I scooched into line behind Joel McHale. The sound of his voice and the smell of his shampoo drift my way on the wind and it's magical. It's intoxicating. He's so tall and handsome, funny and charismatic. Slowly but surely, the line moves forward and when it's our turn to board the sub, I'm glad that I cut the line because the group gets cut off right after me. We all take our seats in the musty craft and the lights are dimmed. Before too long, we're drifting through the water on a motorized track, taking in the sights of Nemo and Dory, fluttering through the ocean with their friends. I don't know when they changed it to Finding Nemo, but it was probably a good move because the old submarine ride was so scary. I think it was like 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea or something. I'm not sure, but I remember being terrified as a child. Suddenly and without warning, there's a jolt and we grind to a halt. The sub goes dark and a few children scream out in terror. I reach over and grab Joel McHale's arm in a panic and I'm soothed instantly by the feel of his fancy expensive sweater draped over his sexy arms. When he violently rips his arm free of my grasp, I try not to take it personally, but I do sniff my fingers in the dark to see if any of his cologne was left on them from his sweater, but I can't really tell. I know it looks super creepy, but I'm cloaked in darkness and free of judgment, so I sniff away. The voice of the ride operator comes over the speakers and assures us that there are some small technical difficulties occurring, but we will all be just fine. We just need to sit tight, take a deep breath, and things will be moving in a moment. In the meantime, the emergency lights come on and a low glow from the floors light up the space enough to be able to see a little more clearly. Joel McHale sits to my left, frantically texting. I'm going to pretend he's not texting his wife, but I'm sure he is. 
My stomach rumbles and I know that once my blood sugar drops, we're all in trouble. I'm hypoglycemic and I have been known to act a little rashly when I suffer from a blood sugar attack. I know I have about six minutes before I'm consumed with the effects of being full-blown hangry. I search through my fanny pack, but all I find are wrappers from previously consumed snacks. I was going to get lunch right after this ride, so I find myself totally unprepared for this particular upset. A small child near me starts to cry, and it sets my nerves on edge. I look to Joel McHale, who is trying desperately to avoid my gaze, and keeps scooting further and further away from me. In my coolest and sexiest voice, I say, Maybe you should say something to make everyone feel better. People trust celebrities in times of crisis, you know. He scowls at me and says, this is not a crisis, and turns his back to me again. I think he's just playing hard to get, though. Little does Joel McHale know it's about to become a crisis, because all I can think about is how we're going to need to decide right away who we're going to eat first. Because we're trapped. We're trapped indefinitely, and when everyone else realizes what I already know, they're going to panic. And then, who knows what will happen. I know if I align myself with Joel McHale that he will appoint me his number two eventually when he takes control of this ship, which he inevitably will do because we need someone strong and charismatic to lead us when the social niceties start to break down and people start to act crazy. I feel my blood sugar plummet even lower and my head swirls with drastic thoughts. I tap him on the shoulder again, but he doesn't turn around. You should say something, anything, just tell a joke, I say to him. And he thinks on this suggestion for a minute before he does exactly that. I ignore what he's saying in favor of a long and epic daydream of him in a shredded loincloth leading us all to freedom from this metal tomb. I call him my hero and he winks at me. But because I haven't been listening, I realize that I don't know if he said the punchline to his joke yet, so I just abruptly break out into laughter. And as soon as I do, I notice that no one else is laughing. And I probably should have waited. Uh, I don't know. Oh, it's too late now. My thoughts are dark and I have to have something to eat before I freak out. I feel a freak out coming. I stand and shout, if we're going to survive this, we need to appoint Joel McHale, our new captain, and pick who we're going to eat first. And it's not going to be me. Nobody's going to eat me here. I think we should eat that guy, I say, and point to a chubby teenager with thick glasses. He looks at me horrified and shrinks away like I'm some kind of monster. I am a practical woman. I am not a monster. The ride operator tries to step in and starts to lecture me on how the ride will be working soon and this happens all the time and blah, blah, blah. He's just trying to keep us all from freaking out and mutinying him. I look to Joel McHale, who's whispering now with the operator, and I bat my eyelashes at him, letting him know I would make a wonderful partner in survival. He scrunches his face at me in what might look like disgust to everyone else, but I know he's just masking his animal attraction to me. I smooth my Garth Brooks t-shirt down and check to make sure my club foot is pointing in the right direction and my nail polish is shiny and sexy. While my attention is elsewhere, Joel McHale jumps on me in a flash. He's wrapped his arms around me aggressively, and I mean, I didn't take him for an exhibitionist. But if he wants to mount me in some sort of act of dominance in front of all these people, like, I'm not going to stop him. I look up expecting him to kiss me and I see the ride operator toss a burlap bag over my head and then tie my hands behind my back. It's really rude, to be honest, but I am really hungry, so maybe it was called for. 
They push me to the floor where they leave me until the ride roars back to life a few minutes later. I know that Joel McHale is playing hard to get at this point, but as soon as I'm free of this burlap sack, I will let him claim me as his woman, which I know is ultimately his end game. I feel strong hands lift me from the floor and shove me out the hole in the top of the ride, dropping me hard on the concrete outside the waiting line. And people laugh, which is, is fine. I mean, I always like to make people laugh. I am a people person. When the bag is ripped from my head, I'm sadly not greeted by the handsome face of the man of my dreams, but instead a couple of like angry security guards who escort me to the front gates and violently eject me from the happiest place on earth. But it was all worth it because now that I'm not sitting next to him anymore, I can still smell Joel McHale's cologne on the tips of my fingers where I grabbed him. And as I stand sniffing my fingers in front of the exit sign at Disneyland, I know that this is not my last chance to be close to Joel McHale. The end. I know we just kind of jumped into it this week, but again, I'm going to put out a call. If anybody has anything they want to hear, feel free to email me at the sleepy podcast at gmail.com. You can follow me on all the things, um, Instagram at Aaron Potter plow if you want to, but honestly, like, you're just going to get pictures of my cross stitch stuff and maybe my kids or, you know, I mean, I don't get paid for that. <laughs> Nobody pays me. <laughs> Nobody pays me for my Instagram content. So I like follow me at your own risk, but every once in a while you get something that might make you chuckle. Um, trying to think if there's anything else exciting I need to mention. Hmm. Not really. Life is pretty quiet right now in this early February of 2021. So I'm just going to ride the wave and enjoy it while it lasts. And I hope everything is nice and quiet for you. I hope you all sleep well. Until next week.